Things off. I don't know. What does that mean? <sighs> Hello, are we live? Okay, let's go to. I think we're live. We are. Says we are live. Okay, yeah. Somebody, somebody smart like you knows that we're live because <laughs> I haven't <laughs> gone to my Facebook yet. So welcome, welcome to the Powder Coater Podcast where we are live. Oh, yes, I see myself right now. Um, we are live on Facebook. We are live on Twitter, I think. If anybody's on Twitter, uh, check it out. Uh, we're on several pages on uh, Facebook, and we're also on YouTube. So if you guys are anywhere near those places, come on into the chat. Anybody can uh, ask a question we've got. Uh, Ashton Palmer from Palmer's Powders. It has been way, way, way too long since <laughs> we've talked. And of course, let's do some bragging stuff, right? Let's uh, let's also mention that you know during just some of the last week's post, uh, Spotify does this annual thing called Wrapped. And um, as a podcaster, and actually, if you have a spot Spotify account it, as a listener it'll tell you what your favorite music or podcasts are it'll give you like a ranking thing but in podcasts i think they give you a little bit more and so uh one of the things that we discovered was that our top three podcasts um are ha have been kind of the ongoing podcasts the favorite ones <laughs> we've continued to uh still rank number one i think uh roro uh from roro designs on instagram hello roro if you are listening to this podcast um thought it was him again so because he won last year but um actually it was terry peterson um who is a consultant and we talked about um uh the uh knowing what you're worth and we kind of go through that with ross too it's like a two-parter kind of thing but number three and consistently last year too i think you ranked two uh last year year number three this year is a three and a half hour podcast talking to you and just chatting it up uh and i it, it didn't seem like three hours and i'm sure today isn't gonna sound isn't gonna be that uh it's gonna be like walking on marshmallows with you so welcome to the show ashton well, thank you it's been uh it's been a pleasure it's been a long time it's been what two years since we did it last yeah. So a lot's happened. A lot's have lots has came and gone since then. Um, <laughs> I mean, a yeah. lot of things have changed for me since that time, I would say. And I mean, it's crazy. It just seems like it was yesterday. It does, doesn't it? I know. Um, I try to make everybody feel comfortable on the show. I think I do a pretty good job of it most of the time. Sometimes there's awkwardness, but um, it, it, it doesn't seem like two years that we've been podcasting for two and a half years now. It just doesn't. I, I mean, I get times where it's really hard to get guests on because they're busy or they're on vacation or it's the holidays or whatever. Um, but, you know, I try to stay as consistent with it as I possibly can because I'm learning along with everybody else. Right. So uh, it's good to check in with you and see what's changed, what has what do you want to talk about today? We kind of did some uh, back and forth about, you know, topics and stuff. But I think 
most of the time with you and me, it's just like, like we just end it's up natural. going dive it. Yeah. It's just, we ended up naturally going anywhere we need to go. So authentic. Yeah. Yeah. That's so what, what podcasts is supposed to be. It's supposed to be just a little bullshit fest. And, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I think podcasting for me has, um, I mean, I grew up, you know, watching supercross and motocross as a kid mm -hmm. and as a kid back then, you know, in the late nineties, early two thousands, the only way we could get information was the monthly magazine or, <laughs> you know, like uh, every so often a movie would come out or a video would come out and it would take, you know, a year for a, a movie, a good movie to come out. So those were like your bits of like information that you could get. And then if you got like some cool little more than you would normally get information, it was like this cool, you know, experience, you know, with whatever you're into, you know, being that it was racing dragsters or whatever, or soccer, football. Um, I think podcasting has allowed, you know, our followers, not only for just me, but everybody else. Like when it comes down to powder coating, if you're an athlete, like it gets, it gives you that chance to get a little bit closer into what's going on. And then you also get that point of view of like, wow, like I relate a lot with, you know, so-and-so or what he says or what he thinks or, or this, like, I didn't know I was so much alike, you know, in those certain right. aspects. So it's just like a, a cool little thing that gets you to, you know, see beyond the veil and, you know, allows us to really show, you know, not only our customers, but our followers and, you know, maybe future customers and followers of, you know, who they're going to be dealing with and who they want to choose or, or whatever, you know, there's so many different outlet outlets with it. I agree with you. And just to kind of, uh, just, just to kind of point out that the boys were watching or, or reading the motocross magazines and the girls were picking up tiger beat and <laughs> yeah, or whatever celebrity, this, you know, the, the heartthrob, uh, you know, uh, magazine. Cosmopolitan was a big, big magazine in my household when I was a child. My mom read yeah. that stuff nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, you know, I, I think you're right. And I, it's funny that you say this because you and I are connected, like you'll say something and then I just like, yeah, I was just thinking about that the other day. Um, and what I was thinking about was, you know, as frustrating as Facebook and Instagram can be uh, with posting and all the, all the other stuff that goes with it or competition or, or trying to get likes and followers. Um, what I really do like about it is that you're in Idaho. I'm in Hawaii. We're friends on Facebook. Uh, you know, there are people across the world that we connect with on the daily in these platforms and we wouldn't have been able to do so otherwise. And I think that that's still a shining star, um, as frustrating as like the political scene and the cultural scene can get, uh, and the shenanigans that go on, um, and shakedowns that go on online. <laughs> On the, aside from all of that drama, on the personal level, it's great to know you and Roro and all the other guys that I follow uh, and we follow all the time. So, um, yeah, I think it's great that it, we have that opportunity. I think one of the coolest things is ever since I've done your podcast, like I put it out there in the beginning, like, I'm not here just to like, I'm not here for money. I'm not here for fame. Like, this is what I love to do. Some days it sucks. Like, you know, I suffer with motivation or, you know, like being productive every single day, all day. Like, you know, it, it seems to ebb and flow when you're, when you're, um, 
when your creative mind sparks. But the coolest thing that I've taken from this is it's like uh, TP Performance out of Australia. He hit me up, I want to say a little over a year ago or even not like a little bit after we did the first episode with each other. Mm-hmm. And I've helped that dude day in, day out just with, you know, he asks me a question. I give him an answer. And then it's just like I've watched this guy go from in his garage to now basically powder coating full time with just the little words that I've got to say. And it's like if it wasn't for this podcast, him and several other powder coaters within the industry, I've gotten to help. And, you know, it's like I I don't know. It's it's definitely more rewarding than actually doing something that's groundbreaking or getting reposted from Prismatic. It's. It's the dudes that are actually taking my advice, running with it, and seeing the like seeing them be successful with just little bits and pieces I've I've taught them or guided them through. Is that TP Performance Coatings? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay, cool. He's following me. I will. Yeah, he said out. he watched the show. So and then like oh, after he did. He, okay after he watched the show, he reached out, and I've had several people oh, reach man. out because yes. of the podcast. Like your show allowed me nice to. Route. Your, your show allowed me to be like, like at a point I was known in certain, you know, like within the vape industry, cause I was doing mm-hmm. so much vape stuff. So right. like that was really the only demographic I was getting seen by. And then yeah. going on your show allowed other, you know, within the industry, like other powder coating shops and other custom dudes and just like other brands within this industry were actually starting to see me after that. And that was, that was pretty cool. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm always constantly mentioning you within other <laughs> shows just because it was such a memorable show. And, um, but you know, you say some very, I, I think that I look at you as the, you know, the, I don't know how to say it. It's like, you're the heart and soul of powder coating. You get it. You get it not just in your mind, but in your heart and soul too. Right? You know, I, I would I, say our industry, like if you're an applicator, I, I, I don't know. I, like, I don't like to get super taboo, but I would say it's a little bit holistic because if you don't know what your gun's doing <laughs> and you don't and you don't feel it yeah. like my gun is at certain settings. And if I don't feel that through my body or my clothes or my suit and like I'm like it, it boils down to my hat being on wrong or my shirt being uncomfortable, like like everything's not peaches and rainbows. But as long as people know that they're taking their things to get done by somebody that is passionate about it and you know lives and breathes it and just loves it then i mean it's hard it's to come out with it. it's money. hard to come out with a shitty product at that yeah. point and it's worth paying the money because i think that it i think that ultimately you know uh instagram is actually a visual way to kind of see that passion coming through on the camera if you're good at taking photos uh but um you know if you you can you know obviously your customer sees it when it they pick up their parts and they just look at the perfection and they're like wow you took that and turned it into this right you know i have a hard time handing it over to customers now like oh really like are you gonna take care of this well that's the main thing is it's like all the way down to like packaging and putting it in their car like i've taken it off the rack with gloves on like so there's no fingerprints like yeah like I want them to fingerprint it and I want them to smudge it. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like right. I think we all deal with that kind of uh, a problem when it comes to, you know, actually getting it 
in the hands of the customer. Right. So it's like, I guess I'm, maybe that's like my downfall when it comes to certain things. It's just like, I don't think that's, it's, well, I would say mentally, like, cause you're just so on edge about the product being perfect until they're like in their hands and they get to do with what they want with it, you know? Cause I mean, what's the worst thing, you know, you pull something out, it's got a little contamination in it or, yeah. or this or that. And it's like, sometimes my wife's like, dude, you need to chill out because what <laughs> you can see and what other people can see are two different things. True. I, I think sometimes you, you need to kind of hear your wife or girlfriend kind of take it, take like say, Hey, take it down a notch. I, I, sometimes Ross gets like that, you know, it gets, uh, you know, but he he's training someone right now. We hallelujah, we finally hired someone. Thank God. Um, so yeah, that was just I kept bothering you, like, hey, move to Maui. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was I was like this close. I was I was like talking to my wife. I'm like, Maui sounds pretty good right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but he he just happened to step in um, uh, one day, and we got to talking, and now a month later, he's working here. So we're in the training process, but you know, uh, they're doing a, um, lift kit right now that actually got powder coated on the mainland and shipped to a guy here. Uh, so, and of course it turned out to be the wrong color. Um, I don't know what happened there. The powder coating looks okay. Uh, it looks like they did a decent job. I don't know about prep. And I told him, I said, it was probably just, it. it was probably from the manufacturer, right? No, no. Uh, he's it's uh, hot. I think it's called hot shot powder coating or something like that. It's Regardless of who did it, I just LA. I always see a lot of that stuff. Like, I mean, there's a lot of I would I would say like the diesel truck industry or just lifted truck industry is like the forefront of powder coating right now. Unfortunately, yeah. like it's <laughs> I'm not saying it's bad. Like, and I'm not opposing it. Like, I'll do that kind of work all day if I get it. But it's it's just oversaturated. I would say for like you know, uh, marketing and, and whatnot from what I see, but there's so many custom lift kit people right now. Like, I think there's even one here local North of me that they'll make it and then they powder it for you in house. So it's like, I'm not saying that's a bad situation, yeah. but there's a lot of scary things that goes down well, I, unless that fabricator is just as anal when it comes to finish work. So, yeah. And you know, sometimes they just want to get it out the door so they can sell it. Right. Yep. So I kind of question that too. I agree with you on that because, you know, I said, well, he goes, well, can you powder coat over powder coat? And I said, well, yeah, of course we can. Um, it doesn't, I guess the color that they picked or that he left it up to the, com- the custom coder to pick the color to match his truck. I don't know something happened. He was moving here to Maui from the mainland. And so it just, he thought it would just go okay. And it, that, that's it like another well. good advice right there though. Like when you tell the custom coder to pick your color, <laughs> yeah. we have this, we have this awesome e-commerce website with prismatic and there is a paint matching code generator thing in there. Yeah. Just for everybody to know. So oh, like, yeah, should go over there let me let me try to find it i didn't so like you can take your your paint code from whatever car okay and put it in their page is gone like if you i don't know i'm always doing it from my phone so it's like when you go to like it's like shop powder coating colors or like the color match that's what it's called the color match section so when you go there 
you can put in the code for whatever if you can find a code for the color you're trying to match let's just put it that way and you put it in prismatic's going to come up with all the variants it has to offer you to try to match it now okay. that is up to you as the custom coder to if you want to or if the customer is going to pay for the pound to test let's say if there's three variances then do it spray three spray out cards clear them if they need clear and go from there <laughs> and then your eye will tell you you know what i mean okay let me see if i can hold on i'm going to share oh wait i need a window no you don't I'm... need to see my quickbooks that's like my main thing is like i mean i can try to match off eye all day long or tint with certain clears but there's a point of there you know, okay, so like doing me... your due diligence with right. matching colors. Oh, there we go. Switch this. It You can see it, right? I mean, I got it up there. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know if I had to update the, it, it automatically kind of made it us on the side. And then, so that's good. So um, if I did that, then. Like you could so go like, pull your paint coat off your car right now and type yeah, it in. So give me, give me, give me one really quick. If you can. Oh, I don't one. know. Oh, just, oh, cause see, so you can type in OEM and then Toyota. But usually like as me, as the coder, I'm like, if they want to match it to a whatever car, I'm like, okay, then find the paint code. Oh, there you go. Okay. And boom, it's going to come up with variances. Like sometimes I've had oh. like two or three or four variances come up. Right. And that's, this is cool because this is almost along the lines of like, how like PPG's mixing station would work. Like right. you you type in the paint code and then it's gonna plop, sometimes it'd be a nightmare. It'll plop down like 15 different variances. <laughs> and then you're going, oh shit. But luckily with powder coating, it's, you know, straight from the bag to the gun, apply it and that's what you're getting. Right. Now, uh, I had, so the big news at SEMA was that uh, Tiger had Tiger Drylac had a um, OEM color stock card, and Ross liked it. I got him. I I couldn't pick him up while I was at SEMA because they hadn't flown him in. I guess they were they were um, I guess they were kind of running. Could you late imagine or being the one that has to spray all those? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> chip, about that even if it's on a line. <laughs> Like I'm like I'm always curious about how Prismatic offers that many chips. Yeah, but let me. I gotta. I'm gonna get it. Get those. Um, no, because it's not on my desk. Um, so I got I got the new OEM one. Ross liked it. I was like kind of disappointed, but it's it's not OEM actually. They they I have an OEM and then they have an aftermarket one, and then they have this metallic one that I never had before. So. Hmm. I need to like just put my big boy pants on and try some tiger. Dry I've sprayed tiger dry lac in my career, trust me. But I, since I've been in business, I haven't sprayed any of their stuff. I have like one bag of like Yamaha blue, but that's like 15 years old. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think it just works for us because they're mostly out of California, although they're kind of dwindling their you know, because of supply chain, they don't have as much selection as so a lot of the stuff we're ordering these days. And primarily we use it for, uh, you know, all of our architectural, they want bronze, 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 you know, so we do shoot mm -hmm. a lot of bronze here um, and stuff. But um, 
you know, they were really excited. This was like the big thing because I went to all the all the paint uh, powder booths there. I went to Pris Prismatic, I went to Tiger, and I went to IFS. And IFS had a pretty small booth, um, but they were representing their powder is so good. I know, but I you know some what? of the best I powder would, I've ever sprayed in my life. I hear that, and we have shot their powder, but it's hard to get. Well, I don't know if it's hard to get because for Back whatever in the day reason, it was for my me. customers, I can put it in front of them, the same like Tiger, and they always pick that. I don't know. It's just a, a regional thing, like just the. I would styles. say it's like more of. I would say it's more along like it favors the applicator than instead of the end customer because it, it, you know, it, it just makes the applicator rant and rave about how good it works. Well, I would love to. Sh we would love to carry more IFS uh, because they're out of Texas, so they're closer to us. It, that means we get it shipped faster. We kind of lean on those West Coast guys like Prismatic and um, stuff more and more, but. Uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's my display. Maybe I'm just not bringing it up. I don't know. Uh, well, it's, every time you got to think it, about it, though. When you're spraying tons and tons of handrail, you got to really think like the bronze that is more keen to the customer's eye, they're going for nine times out of 10. It's like yeah. here in the Northwest, BR23 is the number one bronze that's sprayed. Like I guarantee you, there's tons and tons of that that gets sprayed monthly in this state. <laughs> Yeah, so I try. I, I could probably try a little bit more. I love IFS. I love the people um, getting to know Fiona and Miranda a little bit, uh, not Miranda, but Mariah a little bit more and stuff. And because I see them at the shows, you know, the trade shows now. And so I'm kind of, you know, I kind of need to do more um, and stuff. But you never know what people want, right? Uh, well, not, I they, would say IFS really isn't like on the forefront of, you know, being out there, being really that well known. It's pretty well known, I would say, in like Southwest part of America. Mm -hmm. It's just yeah. like, you know, Cardinal, Prismatic, IFS, those are all West Coast brands. And then you got Tiger and PPG and like Axel Noble and all those, those dominate the East Coast. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and for that, I need to, uh, I'll just publicly apologize to Gabe um, Baragas from uh, Crosslink Paints because I went to order some touch-up paint um, from his uh, website and I went to the wrong tab and thought they stopped carrying the Tiger Drylac matching paint cans, uh, <laughs> matching paint touch-up paint. And, I, and then I'm like emailing, I'm like, you don't carry tiger anymore. What's the matter? And he's like, are you, he goes, what are you seeing? I, are you trying to give me a heart attack? <laughs> 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 and I mean, he said it was just, you know, him and he's been on the show a couple of times too, but I was just like, Oh my gosh, I went back there and I went, oh, I clicked on the wrong box. Right. So Man, I like, haven't seen a, a matching can of touch up spray paint since I, I was an applicator for other people. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, it's not us sometimes. sometimes when you're doing lots of hand row, you right? have to have it because yeah. some of those dudes have to like prefab, like do a little bit of fab in the field and you know, yeah. get a little, little touch they up. Do. And, and so I was like, wait, you're not carrying Tiger Dry Lack touch up paint anymore? And he, he's like, are you kidding me? What? You know, like he thought his website was down. But I'm going to 
grab those new catalogs from Tiger because they're pretty cool. Um, I think that they're a little, uh, I guess I was thinking that they were like a little, I get what they were doing when they were categorizing. Obviously the OEM is OEM. There's not much to be done about that. This guy keeps calling me. I wonder if I should answer the phone. No, I don't know the guy. You guys are still on the clock over there, right? Yeah, we are. And I just put my phone on D and D they can leave a message, but this is the second time he's called, but I, I'm not sure who he is and I'm not wanting to answer it. So hold on, hold on a second. I'm just, I'm just going <laughs> to, you're good. It. You're good. Hold on. So this is the first OEM color card for Tiger. And it's pretty, Ross like seemed to like it, but um, I was, I'm not the OEM one, it's the aftermarket one I was a little disappointed in. So this is just OEM. I mean, this is, it's just- I mean, if they're offering it, like. it, if they're offering it, then- Yeah, this is a new card. So it's volume one, it's a new card that they just came up with. So like uh, similar to IFS has their aftermarket or um, not the OEM, but they have their own OEM. But uh, this is the, I guess their OEM, what they're calling OEM. So um, anyways, it's a nice card, not a very big card. Um, their aftermarket card Ross really likes. I was kind of disappointed um, because most of these, there's a, quite a bit of blacks, which are nice, um, but then it's just the stock red and stock orange kind of stuff you know like here here this is what it looks like inside. it looks like a cardinal catalog it it does and i was like wait what i mean so this is what it looks like it's volume one so brand new um aftermarket color card meh you know however to me when i think of aftermarket um and this is the second edition of this metallics and special effects um, this one here, I think is actually should be renamed aftermarket because it's got, yeah, somebody, somebody messed up in the marketing department. It, it's like, <laughs> no, this is, it's got the bronzes, it's got the silvers, it's got the candies. Yeah. Um, that's the, that's the special book. That's what custom coders want. Jeez. I didn't know they offered that much candies. Yeah, they do. And um, I've been wanting to spray their candy gold really bad. Uh, we we have sprayed their candy gold before and Ross really likes it. I I think that's all that we've done, though. Because like, I mean, with any anybody's other. anybody else's gold that I've used, I have to do two light coverage coats, flash mm -hmm. them both at like. 15% and then, you know, go from there with clear and then the clear seems to pull it all together and not, you're not getting like your super hard window framing and stuff with it. Yeah. Uh, he has sprayed what's in here is a dormant sparkle. Um, he's sprayed that one and he loves that one. Uh, but we haven't tried any of these others though, but it's nice to know. I mean, there's a lot of colors here. Well, especially if you're stuck in like, if you're stuck, no offense to prismatic, but if you're stuck in that wheelhouse of what 
I mean, let's face it. How many colors do they sell that look identical to each other? Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I mean, I could understand as a customer, it's, like, overwhelming. It can be overwhelming, yeah. So, I mean, but and then if they offer something that here. Prismatic doesn't offer and it, it works better, then it's... I just think they should rename it to the aftermarket color card. They shouldn't... I don't know. But that's what I would want to see as a custom coder, right? But then, you know, we're still... You know, we're still trying to, I think the industry is still trying to figure out who we are. They don't quite understand. Who we are. <laughs> well, you got to think about it. I was thinking about this on the way home. How many categories within powder coating is there and how many are being added every year? Because it's like now they're spraying MDF stuff. Now they're spraying plastic stuff. Like spraying plastic with powder to me is like I can't wrap my head around it. Like, I can, I understand that like certain products won't get a ground, but I can spray products that don't get a ground all day long. Like I've done it before. I've done glass. I've done certain things that shouldn't catch a ground just messing around. But when you think about it, when it's like you have your manufacturing and your line people, and then you have like your job shop industrial ish, do it all shops. And then you have like us custom people. And then you got the garage people. And I, yeah. I you know, it's like a, it's a, and especially like you have to think, I would say maybe half of this industry is actually buying from, you know, the major brands in this industry besides Prismatic. And I would say Prismatic really is, you know, it's just a sister company to NIC. You know, that would be a really good uh, poll to do uh, is to you know, send it out and just kind of get a feel for who's buying wet powder. Um, well, it's like, there's a lot of things that I buy from Prismatic, but I yeah. don't use their clear. I use a, a different brand's clear because I like it better. There, yeah. you know, that's, and that's just, that's what it really boils down to is the applicator has preferences. And at the same time, Nick wants, you know, Prismatic wants to be known in architectural that's what they're fighting against, right? You know? Well, yeah, because been... that's where the big money's at. You got to think right. about it. Like when you got Cardinal PPGs like coming in big swinging right now, they've like, they've stolen a bunch of contracts in this town. So it's like, you have to understand like the people that are buying tons or pallets of powder are, you're, they're buying it from Cardinal. They're buying it from Tiger. They're buying it from IFS. And they're also, there's people buying stuff from Mexico because Mexico actually offers really good powder. And you, you can't, I don't know, you can't compete at $9 to $10 a pound when people are buying tons. <laughs> right. And I'm wondering, like, is it, are they changing their buying habits because of the pandemic or the supply chain disruption that's continuing on where I've seen zero supply chain issues with prismatic, which is surprising to me. Yeah. Like I, I would say early on that they were doing okay. That they had enough. Well, it makes uh, no sense for me because I think a lot of some of, I would say a lot of some of the base product of the powder comes from Cardinal. Mm. Like they buy a lot of stuff from Cardinal and then obviously tone and whatever do what they do to make their own right. colors out of it right. so like and cardinal's been really hard to get stuff through like i mean rdo one's been out of stock for i don't know how long and hmm. at one point i couldn't get my clear from them so it's like you know you would 
I scratch my head at that because in retrospect, there should be way more money and way more backing when it comes to product with it, with Cardinal. I know they had some kind of, um, uh, like, like I think they moved out of California. They built a plant in Vegas. They sold the, they, they moved out of the building in California, which like disrupted all like going into COVID disrupted all like supply chain issues. (laughs) And then, now they're trying to build another plant in Texas. So it's like this, yeah. it's just weird. Like, I mean, all the, you know, all of our ingredients are coming from China. So I guess it's probably really just a race to the bottom of the barrel. Who's getting it first and who's running with it. Yeah. But isn't, I think that a lot of the chemicals are coming from Ukraine and Europe as well. So yeah. And some from Australia, right? Right. Yeah. Like a lot of, I think a lot of tiger dry stuff comes from Australia. Oh, from what I I've heard know. through the grapevine, but oh, really? I mean, it, you know what I mean? You hear really like how many weird random stories have you heard within the industry since you started, you know? Yeah. Well, and I've I been around people that source. are, you know, I've I try been to around people them. that have been in it for 30 plus years. Yeah. But see, at the end of the day, like what you do, that's awesome. Like you bring us, uh, you bring us information that us coders, us job shop owners don't, I'd say wouldn't really go to, to find those answers and to, to hear those answers be answered. And the questions that you ask are the questions I want to ask. But at the end of the day, I don't have time to call up and bullshit with my favorite companies at the end of the day. I wish yeah, I did. And even when I do ask questions like to my rip and stuff, either he doesn't know or can't say, you know what I mean? So like, luckily I have a pretty close, I have pretty close friends that are reps. So it's like, yeah. I mean, that's like, I'll tell you, it's like the cool thing, but also my reps have been a big driving force of like all the knowledge I have. So yeah. like, I don't know. It's yeah. it's it's different. So let's check in with some friends here. Can you see uh Ashton, can you see the uh have I shared the comments or can you see the comments too? Yep, I can. Oh, you can. <laughs> so uh good looking honky is listening in or watching and he says Maui friends, hi, Peter North here, old adult film star retired. Wife and I enjoy <laughs> your stream tonight guys thanks peter north well thank you good thanks honky. good looking honky <laughs> i like it i like your i like your uh uh your handle there um rex vapes vapes sounds like a friend for you from you um it's actually one of one of my longtime customers actually yeah so. is it thanks yep. rex sup ashton come to see what's up avp coding hmm i wonder who that could be Cardinal sucks. I switched to Tiger. Tiger has a mine in Canada. So that was some good stuff. And Paul Peters, uh, uh, LMFAO, huge fan, Pete, LOL. (laughs) 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 Paul always has something hilarious to say or comment on. So thanks for joining us on Facebook. And I guess AVP, you're on everybody else is on youtube wow cool that's where it's all at i spend most of my life on youtube i feel like (laughs) i I swear to god sometimes i just get so fed up with netflix i just it's so much more relaxing to head over to youtube and just watch you know a five minute video instead of a whole series of you know uh stuff have you guys had industry shift on inner work what's inner work yeah, I'm curious to see what inner work is. 
yeah, what is inner work? What are you referring to as inner work? Yes. Oh, incoming. Yes, definitely. I've seen a shift uh, personally, but I mean, I live in North Idaho. So, I mean, there's a lot of money here. I would say, and this is like one of the Idaho during the pandemic was like the most, like the hottest, uh, what is it? Market to move to. So, I mean, it, it was, it's been really weird for me. Like end of August, it slowed down pretty hard. You know, it got a little scary there for a minute, but then now it's kind of picking back up. I feel like a lot of people, you know, oh, snow's on the ground. So they're like, they need something to do. So they're, they're getting stuff done. But I mean, it's weird. Like sometimes I've been dead in the middle of summer when you would think you'd be doing a bunch of stuff. Like yeah, summer can be hit and miss for us. Like we're either jamming or we're not at all. It's well, really that, weird. that's kind of like it's the weird thing. I mean, I would say a lot of you know politics probably has a lot to do with you know the way people spend their money. I guess how scared people are right now, or, yeah. or whatever the the situation may be. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Just like I find everything else when I say it's like holistic, like try to have a you know a positive mindset. I feel like if I get stuck in this negative mindset of like shit, nothing's coming in. Then my brain's going to like impulsive behaviors of like trying to get work or or whatever, you know what I mean? Like then you look desperate. But the traps, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, I that's like one of my main questions is like, once you get to a certain point and everybody knows or should know or whatever, you know, like you should have a steady, you know, thing of work coming in. It's it, it just makes me curious of like where does the marketing lie. Like when it, it, when it comes to pay for marketing or when it, when it doesn't, like I've a lot of my business, a lot of my customer base is based on just what I've posted on Instagram for the last 13 years of my life. So that's very organic. That's very authentic. Like you've seen me grow from the very beginning to, to today. So it's like at the end of the day, I have a hard time paying for marketing But it's like, you know, it's like, where do you draw the line? Do you get to a certain point with like how many followers or viewers you have or whatever? And then like, does the streaming or does the social media platform throttle you because you're getting so much now? Like at one point I was getting like three three million page views on Instagram, almost four million. And then like the next week, like I, I haven't seen that for like almost a year now. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's in everything, you know, like with any industry, I would say like the vape industry is plummeted, the, and that has to do obviously with politics and other things. But I would say, you know, like 90% of my work just disappeared because of, you know, the mail ban and, and certain situations like that. Well, it's true. Um, the latest, uh, post in, um, Product Finishing Magazine, um, the Gardner Business Index finishing activity September closes with 49.8. So uh, this is, I know it's reversed, but uh, this is basically, you know, anything below 50 is flat. Um, It's not good. Uh, Hopefully it'll pick back up again, but I have a feeling this is a leading indicator here that uh, they come up with. And it's it's basically, they send out a uh, survey. Now, these people are going to be line coders and stuff like that. Some of the larger custom coders, I'm sure, are 
filling out this survey. We're not filling it out. I used to get emails every month, uh, but I haven't gotten them lately. So this is kind of, you know, um, something that they track based on questions that they ask the industry. So it's kind of important when it does go dip below. And it, you know, that's, I think this is general manufacturing. I'm not sure if it's just in, I guess it's just finishing activity. So, you know, uh, that's kind of important. Um, so I think we are going to see definitely a, a dip. I don't know at this point how, how much of a dip, um, but you can tell already some of the larger corporations are already planning for a dip because they're, they're letting people go already. You know? I would I would say, I don't know. I've been in this industry since I was 18 years old and I've seen some pretty grim, scary parts, but I've also like, it never ends. Like that's why I jumped into this industry because at the end of the day, like, yeah, I can offer a luxury with this, but at the end of the day, there's still going to be a standpoint with powder coating that it is a necessity. There's always going to be people manufacturing shit. There's always going to be manufacturers needing it done or guess what? Your mom's sisters, cousins, grandmas, whatever is always going to need their wheels done at some point. Like, and I guess that's up to us as the job or as the owners or, or whatever, or your marketing team, like the, I would say everything's switched to this like influencer bullshit kind of like marketing. And I'm not saying it's necessarily bullshit at the end of the day, but like, I can't act like somebody I'm not every single day to entertain people. Like I'm here to entertain you with the talents that I have. Yes. I might be, I might be able to talk and do that, but I can't do that every day anymore. Like I can't yeah. be in front of the camera. I can't be talking and blowing smoke up people's butt just to get them in. But it's like at the end of the day, I think that's where a lot of this stuff may be going as like, I would say a lot of people that do get good work from it. There's like a lot of rap people that are doing raps on vehicles that are doing like, check out my YouTube or, you know, everybody does it with any industry, but I would say that's just where a lot of views and marketing and that kind of pull is getting pulled towards too, is a lot more of like the influencer, the how to guy is not the how to guy anymore. Like we don't see any of that anymore. I would say. Right. Or maybe it just doesn't come up in my feed, but at I one point, know. that's yeah. all this industry was, was a bunch of people telling you how to powder coat that had no real professional experience. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, let's see. AVP is saying we were 90% motorcycle industry for years, dead June, then went to 75% to construction industry. Well, that's a nice transition. I hope you're making more money. Uh, then the motorcycle industry is definitely, I would say on the West Coast, it's booming like crazy. Is it? Harleys. Well, Harleys are popping. Harleys are popping again? Yeah, I would say so. Around here it is. Interesting. Because, I mean, I would guess that, like, I don't know if it would be as much. Because most of the... Baby boomers were into Harley Davidsons. No, I I listened to the uh, Ride Boundless podcast, and that's kind of opened me up to like this, like you know, like the Harley culture more than I have been. Like I've always been around it because of the custom industry. My brother being an airbrusher, pinstriper, right, going to all the shows. Like it's always around, and Mm -hmm. 
around here, it's just like they're everywhere. But I mean, I mean, I would say it would be like that a lot like that in Arizona, too, because it's perfect yeah. weather. You know, like yeah. there's also a huge car scene. But I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of factors that come into that with being in Arizona. There's a lot of talent in Arizona, in my mm-hmm. opinion, that I know of. And I mean, I only know a select hand, a, a select few people, you know, and like I can only imagine what else is out there, especially with bigger shops. <laughs> you know, you got to you got to really look at the, the the retrospect of things. If you're in Arizona, you got Phoenix, you got Scottsdale. I don't know where all the good people are at, but there's a lot of money and a lot of a lot of talent down there. So maybe that's yeah, where it goes. Everybody just juggles, you know. People, maybe mm-hmm. people sacrifice finish for a cheaper dollar. That's what I'm, I'm kind of dealing with. I was doing a bunch of side-by-side stuff for a company. Mm-hmm. All, the, all of a sudden, they just stopped coming and wouldn't respond to me when I asked them what was up. And mm-hmm. you, you just, you understand it and you move on, you know, look elsewhere. Or things will definitely come, come. <laughs> it never ends in my opinion. Right. Yeah. I think for us, we're kind of looking at uh, diversifying um, coatings. Uh, we're looking at a, can't say too much right now, but um, we're looking at getting into a different type of coating, not cera- not Cerakote or ceramic. Although we we could get, we were doing that before, uh, but this shop's too small and we're too busy with powder coating for that. But uh, we're actually looking at maybe partnering with somebody to offer a different kind of specified coating um in uh hvac so uh yeah and i think you know what i recall of the great recession was you know at that point we weren't 100 percent doing powder coating yet we were just dabbling in it and um we were refinishing furniture and you know painting mostly but then we just put on more hats right you know we we just started getting into condo remodeling and condo, you know, upholstery and just, you know, upselling things or whatever. And that kind of got us through. So like for us on an island, we just wear more hats. I don't know what you would do on the Yeah, There's only so far you can go. Right. You're, it's so not like the more services. The yeah. And the more services you can provide as coders, uh, I think the better, I think the better we would be positioned if there was a recession. So you would think, oh, wow, why would you want to get into another business? It costs, you know, startup costs and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, if, if there is a risk, you know, some kind of a downturn coming, then I want to be able to wear more hats because that brings more services will bring in more business, right? Uh, you know, so that that's the way we're looking at it. Um, but I also think it's a great opportunity too, because uh, we do see, you know, somewhat of an opportunity there. Yeah, my We're still looking at it, but my next like thought of trying to get into offering something else other than powder coating is I've been wanting to try to do anodizing. Interesting. So like when it comes to small scale, yeah, like what because I do a lot of dirt bike stuff. I do a lot of you know trick custom engine compartment stuff. So when it comes down to hardware, yeah, you want mm-hmm. sweet hardware. To anodize some hardware and stuff like that. Just be able to offer that, and then I don't know. Yeah. I'm a nerd when it comes to little shiny things. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about more about this Instagram stuff because I texted you the other day and we were trying to come up with some topics and stuff, but um, 
you know, there's, it seems like there's been a, a change, a little bit of a change going on in Instagram. Yeah. It's trying before. to be TikTok. Yeah. And it's trying to be TikTok, but also, um, you know, the under powder coating or what we used to, I don't know. I, I mean, I still use the hashtag powder coating, but, um, it seems like, uh, either you're not getting as many likes or follows or whatever, when you either it's getting crowded or like people were doing, like showing people how to do powder coating versus showing off their finish, their finished project. I don't know. Um, I see some change and I think the big trucks definitely have kind of dominated the space more. Um, and you could definitely see that at SEMA. And then there's say a, a lot of that, a lot of that change comes from what are, uh, I don't know. It's not like a monkey see monkey do situation. Cause not everybody gets to do what everybody gets to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like you got, you got RMP performance, which is Robert Soka down in, in Texas. And that dude's mm-hmm. probably like, I would say um, one of America's best wheel refinishers. Oh, definitely. And I, I mean, but then you got, you know, on the other flip side of things, you got like Lacey Blair and you got like Zach and you got this totally different side of the industry that, you know, like you have like your real powder coaters. And then, like I said, like they're not real. It's not that they're not real powder coaters, but they're more so on the basis of like views, followers, you know, like they're they're making money not only at what they're doing, but they're making money in the in the sense of marketing, which is genius. I'm not knocking it, but I think. Yeah. I think that can do two to a couple different things to the industry. You know, like it makes you strive for things that maybe aren't achievable for some people, but then yeah. you're, you're also like, okay, where are you trying to pull your money from, from like the actual finish work you're doing? Or are you trying to put on like this production of like Hollywood, you know? Right. Or, you know, sponsorship, right. You know, yeah. so like they're getting sponsored or, uh, I, I think that's cool. That's something. exactly, you know, like that's what I kind of wanted to do when I stepped in was like, I wanted to be like looked at as like, you know, like your big name airbrush guys, but in this space, like I wanted to bring like that weird athleticism to this industry, like, uh-huh. you know, maybe being sponsored by Vans or being sponsored by, you know, with right. Skull Candy headphones or whatever. And like bringing that, you know, like endorsement side of things to it. I didn't think it would have looked like this, you know, like as like such of a, I don't know. Yeah, but sadly. It's cable TV now. Yeah. But sadly, don't you think some of it is just Instagrams with there, at least in the lifted truck arena, uh, Instagrams. um, There's a lot of girls particularly out there with fans only accounts and, and it's, I don't know. I, I kind of went into this, like, whoa, there's this whole other thing, you know, sex and powder coating, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> well, it's like, it's plain and simple. Like uh, for me, I want to see, you know, like where I was trying to get to it was it's like powder. What you see is like, it's not like a monkey see monkey do situation, but you're seeing a lot of like what's focused on, is from what's being reposted by these powder companies. And obviously there's only really one powder company that has a huge platform in social media and that's prismatic. Right. And that's really like, if you look into, if you look into powder coating just in general, I would say that's really all you see is what, 
is really coming from the main source of where we're all getting our powder from or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's like if they just did nonstop reposts of wheels, then it's going to be a huge wheel market. You're going to see like the, the custom wheel market blow up a lot more. Like when it comes to two piece and three piece wheels, if those were constantly reposted, that's probably what people would be reposting a lot of. But now that this, you know, pavement pounder genre of the world is getting so outrageous, you know, it's like, it's, I would say it's like today's hot rods or imports or, or whatever, you know, it's, you don't see much. Like when you go to SEMA, I would say you wouldn't see much of the hot rod side of things that you used to. Now it's just like, you know, let's throw a wrap on a truck. Let's throw a lift kit on it and let's powder coat it. And that's our build. Like, uh, mm-hmm. that's not, that's not what it used to be. It's, it's not, not like, an, yeah. it's an, it's not an actual custom culture. I mean, when it really kind of comes down to it, the only custom thing being happened is the color being applied to this shit. Right. Yeah. So hello, like, Aaron. Oh, hi, Aaron. Aaron says, hello. The big dude, you know, he actually came, he came up here and we got to hang out for a week together and throw down on some cups together. And he also did this cup for me. Aw, so nice. It's pretty cool. I got to hang out with one of my favorite powder coaters in person. That's that, awesome. You got to get that dude on this show. Well, Aaron and I are working on a show, but he said he was really busy because it's a busy time for him with all the show. You know, I like bet you his hands have fallen off. It's Christmas. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. So <laughs> if your hands haven't fallen fallen off by next year. We're gonna get you on a show. Um, and um, yeah, Prismatic and Cerakote have the best marketing. They do. Everyone thinks Cerakote is stronger than powder. Um, it I is hope, in certain aspects. Yeah, it is. And I hope to have someone from there on pretty soon. Uh, it was going to happen, and then it just kept getting postponed and postponed, and schedules got crazy, and now it's the holidays. So hopefully. I'll be interviewing someone from there pretty soon. And I'm very, very excited. And I think that in the direction of the podcast, I'd really want to get into interviewing people about powders because I'm kind of personally starting to get interested in them, like the chemical makeups and, you know, keep it simple for everyone. But, you know, learning more about powders would be interesting to me. So I would say that's a big topic. That's a big topic that needs to be talked about, especially when I would say a lot of this, a lot of the percentage of this industry is your people trying to figure it out. Well, the supply chain too, I think has confused people and, you know, we don't understand why we can't get this powder or it, it can't come in or they're waiting for it or, you know, whatever, whatever the problem has problems have been in the past. Right. So I think it's time to kind of start focusing. So I think, I mean, I'm just talking in a general focus, right. You know, just maybe start to get some powder people on. I I think a lot of it is, you know, I don't think anybody realized the podcast would last as long as it has. (laughs) And they're like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll wait till she's, you know, we'll see if she succeeds or something or they succeed. You know, but I think we're, I think we're succeeding, you know, we're, we're certainly toughing it out and, and stuff and you know maybe we're getting recognized now i would Uh, say i would say regardless if if you're known or if you're not known um like my advice to you is keep plugging along keep getting people on regardless if they're big name coders or if they're little name coders or if they're powder companies or if they're not powder companies because at the end of the day like the driving force is the people that come on 
Yeah. And then like your job is to answer the questions and you know what I mean? So it's like, it, I don't know. People can't, you can't look at it that way. You can't look at it like, Oh, we'll wait till she's big and then we'll hop on. That's kind of bullshit because you know, if you're, well, if you're playing you your cards, right. People have like thousands and thousands of dollars to, uh, you Money's know, spend money. on marketing. Right. Right. And I don't think they're, you know, I think podcasting is so new to be, to begin with. Right. Well, you got to think about a, how many podcasts there was like, I heard a statistic, statistic about how many were like started in the year and then like to the month and it's like i mean podcasting was popping five years ago when there was maybe a couple hundred thousand and now there's millions yeah so it's like i listen to 10 to 12 different podcasts Mm -hmm. i listen to 10 or 12 different podcasts so it's like sometimes it's hard to keep up with all of them yeah um spotify said that about a hundred of our followers, or I guess followers or listeners, um, we're in the top 20% of their most listened podcasts. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think I can do some, I don't know where I, I have to figure out where I can do actually like uh, sound effects on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> you got a stream deck, huh? I think I got a, um, yeah, you can do sound effects, but I don't see any, co- you know, like, I don't see anything. That I think says- once you get to the point to where you have like your own little podcast studio and you're doing things in person, then that's when like the big production and, and fancy things come in. But that's like, yeah. this is what podcasting was supposed to be. It was supposed to be like, it's like new and defined radio. It's radio with no filters. It's, you know what I mean? Like you want the honest truth. You want the honest conversations, then go listen because it's going to be honest back and forth. This isn't scripted. This isn't, you know, this isn't like some mean production. Like you can get mean production, the, 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 the aspect of like making it look good. But you know, if you're just listening to podcasts like I do, which is all day at work when I'm doing something, I'm not watching them. I don't have time to yeah, watch a lot them. Of the YouTube. I think I listen to a lot of YouTubes. So I don't really watch what they're saying or especially Same. on podcasts. Right. You know, so it gets a little boring just looking at two people talking, but you know, um, I'm really encouraged by everything that's been happening. And I, I'm, I'm certainly flattered by some of the more recent larger companies that have come and talked to me. Not just be guests, but like actually come and you were talk chilling to at the Benco it. booth all week at SEMA. I was. I had so much fun with that. So <laughs> like you're doing it. You're getting there. Like we we went through a little hiccup with COVID and all that stupid bullshit. So it's like the world's oh, kind of getting were back really to excited to be there. They were. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed I didn't get a go, but I mean, I'll end yeah. up there one year. We'll be there yeah. someday. Someday. Yeah, it was so much fun, and it just the guys that came. Uh, Scott Morris came down uh, um, from Arizona or came up from Arizona and it was just so nice to meet him and his sons and talk about because you know he had some surgery on his arm just like Ross had some surgery on his hand and so we kind of had took about five minutes to meet up with each other and you know introduce ourselves and stuff it was just great but I'll tell you the night I'm laying in bed the night before my uh, you know my the the you know, the thing starts, the SEMA thing starts, and I've got to do all this running around in the beginning, you know, 
I got to carry all this equipment. It weighs like 50 pounds. I'm like, you know, struggling and, and stuff. <laughs> I got, you know, I'm trying to think through my day, you know, like what, what time I'm waking, waking up and you got to catch the bus. Cause you don't want to, you know, whatever. It was just like a lot of logistics going through my head. And you're like looking at your clock and it's 5am cause you haven't <laughs> stopped right, even you know, thinking all night. I, I was so, yeah. So I'm like trying to visualize my day and then I'm thinking, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> I'm so scared. <laughs> I realized how scared I was, you know, I just, I'm like, I can't do this. I was just like talking myself out of it, you know? And I'm like, what am I doing here? I want to go home. <laughs> and then I just suddenly got up and didn't think about it after that. When I got up in the morning, I just grabbed my coffee and got dressed, put my makeup on and got my shit and walked out the door and just tried not to think about it ever. And once I got there, I was just like so thrilled, right? You know? Oh yeah, you get to see you get to see all the people and talk to all the people that you have been for the last couple of years and actually get to see them face to face. It's a yeah, it's a beautiful moment. Like I gotta I gotta go back east and to Ohio and visit a bunch of my friends that I do a lot of the vaping stuff with, and I've I've talked every night on you know Discord chat rooms and stuff with a lot of these people and and you know see them their faces every day over the computer, but. It, when you actually get to, you know, meet your friends in person, it's a totally, totally worth it experience. And then also if you're bringing something to the table, it, it just adds to it. And then you, then you're going home on that airplane, like, yes, yes. You know, you're, you're pumped. <laughs> I was so pumped. Ross was like rolling his eyes, you know, but he, poor guy got to miss it all because he was stuck doing that stupid job. But, um, uh, but yeah, I, you know, I wanted to get back, I couldn't wait to get back online. This has actually been my first uh, live since I got back from SEMA. I had pre-recorded another uh, um, Faraday Cage um, podcast that I did with uh, Kenny uh, Barnes from TCI, which was a really great show. It was not very long and it's uh, very informative. We've got a graphic in there. So like head over to YouTube to watch it. But I'll tell you who's been like, surprisingly who was the uh oh thanks paul <laughs> he said i killed it at sema um what um surprisingly i had a guest richard ludwig it go over it's the uh it's the one on the ovens and i can't hear sometimes i make this stuff up and then i it just leaves my mind you know the minute i'm done i i, I figured it out this is the title this is the intro whatever I publish it and then I move on, but I think it's it's episode 50, uh, 53 or 54. Okay, Kim, just pull up your damn podcast page. Um, it took me a year to get this guy on the show because he's so busy. Um, Jeez. And uh, it's before the SEMA shows, so I published it just before the SEMA shows. Um, it's myth busting ovens with ice and ice is industrial coating equipment. Richard Ludwig, he is a 40 year veteran expert and everybody has been loving the show. I couldn't believe how many downloads it's had. So again, you know, doing these shows makes you realize like how, how, what are the hot topics for people? Because clearly, um, yeah, building ovens yeah. in America right now is a huge thing. It is. And so we talked to, we dabbled a little bit about a lot of things and 
you got to wait till that you got to listen to the very end because actually i asked him like we talked about the used coat you know equipment market and he's so informative about he had a very poignant thing to say about that he had a very poignant thing to say about the uh, powder coating over wood which totally made sense um that you know maybe it's not all it's cracked up to be but we'll see um certainly uh, the powder coating institute is getting behind it so i don't know what that means but um, i would i would say just on that topic is uh for the manufacturer it's a point of convenience yeah i mean the, the upside to this industry if they if they can perfect it is huge i mean it would be revolutionary and yeah it, it really puts the it puts the wood refinishers out of business like yeah, that does. It will, or they'll have to convert. Well, it's um, like it's just like the you know the the liquid versus powders thing. You know, why does liquid cost a million dollars, and why why do pink people think that powder coating needs to be a quarter of that price? You know, like people on both ends need to understand, you know, the value of product, the value of what you know. Right. I I could go on for days about that situation, yeah. but yeah. So um, you know, that was a good indication for me that. You know, we need to talk more about ovens and maybe get some more oven professionals or equipment special specialists on and stuff. So those are some of the things I learned earlier this year. But um, yeah, I can't. I mean, I'm just loving the lives. Uh, I I think it's fun just to kind of change it up for me um, instead of like the formal. There's a lot to do after you record a and have a guest on, and I still want to do those kinds of form, more formal interviews. But I just love this live situation just because it's so easy to publish. You know, it's pub being. Well, published it's cool because it can kind of put you in the groove. Like you could do your live show maybe every other Friday at a certain time, and then you get your followers on this like schedule of like they got something to watch after work, or they got something to watch or listen to. You know, like that's why I used to race home every Friday night. There's a bunch of vape shows on, on YouTube yeah. and I'd be involved yeah. in those. So it's like you do that. And then you also have your podcast as well, like kind of bouncing off each other. You get your hyper, you, you know, you get your high serious things on the podcast and then you get like mm -hmm. the good catchy interviews on, on live and yeah, then it's there forever. And it's in like, I think it's awesome that you're doing the stream yard thing where it goes everywhere. Like that's, yeah, gen that's cool. genius. <laughs> that is genius. That. Yeah, I gave up on the Zoom um, and I'm saving money actually because this is actually a cheaper platform. So, and you can hmm. do so much more with it with the chat and the comments and stuff. Yeah. Oh, good. Thank you. Good feedback there. Um, uh, and, you know, I think, I mean, I can actually now with my, I think I'm pro on here. So I can actually have more than one guest. So now it can be you with Aaron and Paul and uh avp and uh what's his name the horny guy or the good <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> we can have good looking honky on or rex babes for that matter we yeah you could a, get you could get you like know? some of the big dudes or any anybody you want we could have like a round table of discussion get That's ross I, get ross in is, here yep this start is talking I, some major shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I am really, you know, I'm a sneaky, I'm a sneaky wife. And so this is kind of my way of solving that problem uh, by getting him on. And he does like the lives as, especially with a cocktail in his hand. So oh, I'm right there with him then. Yeah. We and could get one. We could get, we could just call it like powder coating comedy hour. 
Exactly. And Ross and I were just like, well, let's get some like black lights or get a studio vibe going. And Ross wants to play his favorite music, you know, that he's cultivated on Pandora forever, not Spotify, but Pandora. Oh, then me and him would have like a good 45 minute session. Cause like I've been paying for Pandora premium for years. Right. And then a couple months ago, for some magic reason, my Pandora library just shit out on me. Like all my, like, like what is 10 years of just nonstop things. Oh man. I got so pissed off. I just stopped paying for it and like switched to Spotify. Okay. (laughs) Well, we'll, we'll definitely, he has, he has definitely cultivated his, uh, I had, I had like 20 to 30 different playlists. And the thing is, is you got to pick a song when you name a channel or, you know, you want to cultivate a certain feel, vibe, or vibe whatever. Um, you have to pick a song that what we figured out is you can't pick the main song that everybody knows and then follow it from there because it always leads into like just more bland, over overplayed shit, right? What you want to do is find something that resembles that genre but it could be a one-hit wonder that's that's exactly what i've been doing with pandora yes and that is this i think that's the secret or at least that's the secret sauce to to pandora i found some of the like i found some of the like the music that i listened to as a you know like in high school and stuff or playing video games and i'll think of whatever like i was listening to like um Oh, I can't remember who it was, but like Iron Swan came on from, uh, I can't remember who's this. That's the song, but I just posted like the, the stencil pull video I just did the other day has that song in it. But anyways, like I found that song because I listened to some other stuff and I'm like, how does this come up in this radio station? And then it was like three days of just like, oh my God, I found like these tunes that were like stuck way back here in my head. That you haven't heard forever. <laughs> it's true. I wonder if I can, um, you know, if these, if Paul and Aaron want to come on, let me, let me share that um, link here uh, that I sent you. I'll just say, oh, bye, Rob. See ya. I'm gonna copy get that the link. new guy on the podcast. I know, oh, guy. He's like. So I'm going to post a comment. If anybody wants to jump in, let's just do this, bitch. I'm probably going to just be like a few more minutes because Ross is um, getting ready to, he knows we're podcasting, but he's, he's, he's closing you know, shop. He's closing he the, the shop down. In. I think he went to go get his truck and stuff. But if you guys want to hop in real quick, uh, let's just say hi to each other and just wrap for a few minutes. Cause I know he'll, He'll, he'll put up with it for a few minutes until we can. And I've got so much to do. Oh, my God. I got to go do my Turo. And, and it's, Friday. Stuff tonight. it's Friday. It's Friday. And I'm still working. I think I'm going to be working all night. So um, anyways, yeah. Yeah, I got to go in tomorrow. But on in there. I think if you have the link, you can just. But the thing is, is if you use your phone, you have to have your headset on your, 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 what are those things called? The earbuds things. So if you're not too, if you're not too. Um, 
oh, he has a customer on the way. Okay, so he's got to pick up a set of wheels. Well, we get that. We understand that. So um, I think, uh, you know, one of the things, uh, I saw something of uh, Roro the other day, and he actually had reposted some uh, a set of wheels that he'd done a long time ago. And I'm thinking, man, that guy's got so much content, so much content. Um, and we have so much content. I, I took refuse, so many photos. I refuse to repost old stuff that I've already really? posted. Really? Because I think I've done it, people. but then I just get to the point to where I feel like you're, I, I don't know. Like for me, like I'll scroll down into my Instagram page and I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? I did that? Like <laughs> I'm surprised or I've forgotten or whatever. Yeah. But it, it just seems like now, like, obviously I don't get to be as creative as I used to. I'm doing more of your normal everyday things right. than I, than I had been. So like, that's the only really sad part for me is like, I, I'm all out of ideas at the end of the day when it comes down to like these crazy wild outlanders things. Oh, I like sometimes I get a wild hair up my ass and I do something like I, I figured out how to do lace with powder coat. I think. Mm -hmm. Yes, I saw that. That was gorgeous. Maybe stunning. there's another dude that I seen do it. And then, but it's like, that's where I'm at. That's what like really drives me in this industry is to do things that are, Oh, you can't do that. Or it's impossible or no cool. Like you might as well just call me impossible because right. yeah. the things that I've gotten to do. And even like Aaron, Aaron's a driving factor. And the reason why I sticked with doing stencil work yeah. because it's, like, if you guys haven't, like, go check out Nerds and Nomads on Instagram because that dude, oh. It's, um, uh, it's shameful. It's definitely shameful. He does it so well. Yeah, it's It, it makes me mad. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Aaron. <laughs> but at um, the end of the day, it's like, yeah. I don't know. It, it, it That's kind of the things that I love to do. I want but... you to reconsider this, and I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you to repost because – the customer is none the wiser. Well, and that's what that's where I was kind of getting to is it's like I, I kind of fall back on thinking that people are just going to go binge like your page, right? And get ideas and like curate this same kind of idea thinking that you have. But that's not how your customer is. They're nine times out of ten, that's so not. so much stuff coming at them from every angle all the well, time. Well, that you know, 90 percent of the time, they're not going to dig through what you have to to show to see what they want, you know, like, right. And that's kind of where I get, I don't know. It kind of like maybe kicks me in the butt a little bit is I'm not like throwing what I can do in everybody's face every single day. Like maybe I should do that once a week when I, uh, there he is. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, well, you know, that's kind of where it goes. I think we're just going to interview you now, Aaron. But no, we're going to get you on an official show. I'm just happy that you popped in. Um, totally. I was just saying I might have to leave pretty soon, but um, maybe I can get back on it on my phone on the way home. But uh, but yeah, so uh, welcome to the show. Aaron is got a very unique talent of doing like cups and mugs and I mean, I think the silverware is what sticks out in my mind because I just see the silverware and I, it's just such a great gift idea with powder coating on it, you know, and you just, I don't know how you even, I, I wouldn't even know how to attempt to do what you do, right? You know, with the designs and the, I mean, I, 
I, I think the same for, for Ashton as well, but you can kind of see some of the things that he does. But when you look at the characters and the vibe that you put on a cup, it's just, I don't know how you do it. You just know you have that graphic graphics kind of mind, I guess. He's that, an airbrusher, but with, with powder coat, that's what he is. Yeah. That's one way to think of it. Uh, a lot of time, a lot of practice. Yeah. The, the 10,000 hour rule. <laughs> right. Right. And it's like, Hey, I had 10,000 hours and I couldn't do half of what you do. I so. know. It, I, think, <laughs> I think you have to give yourself some credit though. It is talent. There is some talent going on there. Right. Yeah, so I think the thing that, you know, and it's hard to capture this in a, in a photo on some of the stuff, but I have seen some of your stuff where it's like, it looks puffy. Like it's like a puffy mm -hmm. paint. That is so awesome. How you yeah. create that puffy paint look. Wait, turn uh, it, just turn it a quarter. There you go. Okay, there you go. That looks like a, it's crazy. It looks like a uh, sticker, <laughs> but it's not a sticker. It's powder. Well, it's that's my goal is, is to make it look like a sticker. Right, right. Yeah. Did you have any graphics stuff to begin with or how kind of just give us a, I don't want to, I mean, I know I want to interview at some point, but just give us like a 10 second, like how you got into it kind of thing. Ooh, uh, well, that's a long story. So I'll give you the short version. Um, Jennifer and I wanted uh, unique flatware for our wedding. And yeah. we couldn't find anything that wasn't cheap or was plastic or, you know, it wasn't unique. So we got the idea of making our own. And it started with a set of um, Star Wars flatware and yeah. we looked into hydrographics and laser etching and all that and came across powder coating, which this was in 2018 Yeah, when I first learned about powder coating and, um, which is even more phenomenal now that after most coders take 10 years to learn everything and you yeah. just telling me you just learned it in 2018. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what I started powder coating on was flatware. That's where it all started doing little tiny imagery. Yeah, that is truly um, amazing. Okay. So let me give you what's, uh, let me change up the banner a little bit and I'll, uh, we'll create a new one. So what's, mm -hmm. give me your Instagram. Uh, dry powder art. Okay. Aaron, wait, two A's. And I've got some, some cool stuff laying around if you want to see it. I've done yeah. lately. Give me a second. What's your Instagram again? What would you say? It's at dry powder art. At dry powder art. Oh, is that his like oven there? Yeah, so he's got, well, that's his spray booth. He's got the same oh, cool coat okay. spray booth, like benchtop spray booth. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you do a lot of orders. Like, it's. Oh, I've done uh, about 1,200 units this year. <sighs> Jesus. So, Crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. Here's, here's one for another podcast company that I just completed. Oh, that's sick. 
the geeky waffle. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah. dude. Yeah. Look and at the so, waffle. It's like three, four different colors. Wow. Yep. And the, dude. This is, uh, let's see, Rao 1004, Rao 1034. Um, and then I forgot what this white is. And then this is a clear coat. Um, super, it's like nuts. a brassy, brassy clear coat. And then blackjack is the yeah. top coat on the tumbler. But wow. yeah, I, I try to make it look like a sticker and then try to create as much texture as I possibly can with it. Yeah. Here's, you've probably seen this one on there, the Jurassic Park. Yeah, made, that is so cool. Made a bunch of these. And then just finished this one, which came out pretty cool. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah, dude. So I'm really working on like doing full wrap designs. Yeah. I like, I like that. So you have like the Jurassic Park one is just a common one that everybody likes and will pick it up and stuff. And then you do this other side where you're doing like customs, you know, like you did for Ashton's where it's just like a something with his name on it or whatever. Correct. Yeah. We've got um, some probably maybe 20 designs that are commonly purchased, but everything mm -hmm. else outside of that is custom. Wow. I would That's say cool. like the main thing, like if you follow their business page, which it's nerds and nomads, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. So if you like, if you watch their stories and you follow them, like keep an eye out because sometimes he'll like close like his custom orders. So you got to be like on top of it to get in line to get some of his work. Like it's not just like, hey, he's can you do this? Yeah. I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. will take it up. But if he's busy, he's busy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially during the holiday season, we stopped oh, taking custom orders in November because yep, never, there's too much going on, and everything takes so long to paint. Like here's one. This is probably our most popular design. It's uh, <laughs> the baby Grogu Starbucks mashup. Oh my goodness! The oh, it's the name and their favorite thing. Yeah. Yeah, we add the add the name to it. And what's cool about this is the the menu is like negative imagery, so that goes into the cup, and then the black is positive imagery, so it's sitting on top. Right. So you can like feel it. So that is kind of looks like it was written on there with a marker or something. It does. I don't know. Like how a gel you pen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's so sick. Yeah. It is. Well, that's great. And it's fun. Yeah. You're so you're so talented that others would go. Uh, I don't want to get into powder coating because Aaron exists. <laughs> well. I, I'd love to show people more how to do it. I yeah. think that's important. It's a yeah, huge importance in our industry, and I think. Yeah. Yeah. A, a, a rising tide lifts all boats. Exactly. I agree. Uh, well, it's like it kind of goes back to like uh, what was it? Thresh ninety nine. He talked about like the beginning of this industry, right? And how Westinghouse and Ford were like in this race to the patenting office, and it was like always hush hush. I feel like. It's almost like we're hunter gatherers in the sense that that's been passed down and onto us like genetically in this industry. It's like 
don't tell him this, don't tell him that, you know, like it's all this bullshit. And I feel like, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at when it, with it, with it, when it comes to stencil work, if it wasn't for Aaron, like an inspiration and just bouncing things back and forth between the both of us, like it, it, like I'm sure we could get better. And there's things that there's tools and things that are coming out now that would just add to what he's doing, what I'm doing. And it's like, if we don't share that shit and we don't make it a point to share that stuff, like it, we're, we're not doing anything. We're not taking this industry to a point to where it could really be. Yeah. I um, was talking to, well, we, you know, we've got our own, we've got some, I know a lot of people know about some of the stuff we're coming out with, but like, we've got this uh, zinc anode. So it's just a little screw thing, right? And if you have an aluminum gate, you know, Ross is always thinking, okay, how much longer, how long can I make this finish last, right? We're doing the primer, the pre-treat, the outdoor rated powder, whatever. And, you know, because he was a boat person or in commercial boating before he got into powder coating years ago, you know, he remembered that, you know, all the props are made out of aluminum. And then these boat people or these fishermen or whatever, they buy these zinc caps that go on the end, end of the prop. And what happens is when it's in salt water, the salt water will attract, will uh, use the, go to zinc the zinc as a, yeah, as a sacrificial layer and, and it'll keep the prop from dissolving or, you know, that's right away so we found a guy um uh to create these uh these little knobs i, I don't know i guess they're bolt like bolt looking stuff you know and you just attach it with a quarter 20 hole we sell them for seven dollars each and for us That's here perfect for night, gates and stuff so, yeah it's so easy to sell these because we're only you know they're seven dollars like it's like a magnet. Like, oh. It's like a magnet for the rust to go to. It's fucking exactly. genius. And it's serviceable. So like we just did this gate for a um, resort and we put three of them on there. And, um, you know, hopefully they'll come back six months later because they're right on the water and buy some more from us. Right. So we're selling them to not just our customers, but to other coders, too, uh, and stuff. So. We made a funny commercial on our YouTube channel. You can go over there and find it. And it's called Dura Life and stuff uh, and everything. So, you know, we hope to kind of launch this product a little bit more in our industry, you know. But we, I think this one would go in multiple industries, not just powder coaters. Oh, yeah, for sure. My yeah. biggest, my biggest, uh, like, mind-blowing experience lately is... <clears throat> If you guys follow Coatings by Coats on Instagram, yeah, he's, he's probably one of the coolest, uh, I would say, powder coating tool makers ever, if not the only one in this industry right now. <laughs> and I just got his new little pneumatic vacuum kit. That thing is, is yeah. rad. Is it, is it, yeah. I, I have the, the little... The, yeah, you got the, like the first, the first, the version first generation. Of yeah. yeah, I got the the fatter one. I need to get that because he just came out with newer tips for that one, that you can do like cert like mounting surfaces and stuff for like you know valve covers, yada yada yada. Mm. Um, yeah, that that stuff is truly amazing. Doing the valve cover, oh, it literally, literally cuts your time in half. Like, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like you're 
you're taking money out of your own pocket when you can do it that fast. But if it's easier and less stressful on you, like it's, it's way cool. Yeah. I, I use this tool all the time. The little vacuum tip. Yeah. yeah they're awesome. Like the go-to tool. That's so cool. I hope to have him on the show. He said he would come on. I want to have a new products show, I guess is what I, uh, he's definitely on the forefront right now for tools. Like I have the light attachment for my gun. Yeah. I got the back kit and yeah, that's, He's I mean, so that's funny though, because he, he goes, uh, when I was texting him the other day, he, uh, he was telling me that he, I go, well, do you have a website? And he's like, no, we sell it on Etsy. And I'm I like, know. Etsy, who's going to look for you there? Like he, he's making a killing out of it. I think, I, I think he's got like his wife running like the, the yeah, shop. He said his, his wife had the Etsy account, so they just put it on there and they just send people whatever works, way. whatever's yeah, clever, right? It works. It's just Etsy kind of takes a, I mean, I don't know. Are you on Etsy, Aaron? We are. I mean, they of take, of course they account. are. They're probably making, they're yeah. probably making a killing on is it. Is that your main, <laughs> is that your main, uh, lead? It's almost half of our retail businesses through Etsy. Do they take a lot? I mean, no. otherwise, or, okay. No. It's it's single percentage. Okay. Yeah. I would say the main people that are taking a lot are like your actual, like companies that are like distribute, like your money's getting sent to and from. Like right That's now, true. it's like yeah. PayPal is unreal pieces. right now. Yeah, it is. I, I got your money grabbing. I had like $4,400 or like, no, it was like 46 or $4,500 sent the other day. And then by the time it went to my account, they had taken 400 bucks. Oh, well that's not, yeah, I guess that's a, cause like through our QuickBooks, I just had a $15,000 payment on those crazy chairs we were doing for that rich guy's place. Um, and it was like, just under five hundred dollars for fifteen thousand. I thought that was pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. But, but yeah, when it comes was, like when it comes into stuff that's like over double digits in the thousands, I'll just make them. I'll just do like okay, a couple payments through Zelle, and there's no fees on either end. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. There are ways around that. We use Stripe a lot too, um, and stuff. What I mean, Aaron. I mean, is your goal to kind of? I mean. You got this kind of, uh, you know, you're doing this really crafty, very unique finish and you can only do so much. So how do you balance that? Like, what if you get an order for 50,000 Jurassic Park mugs? Can you can you fulfill it or, or are you not wanting to do that at all? Like, what's the goal for you and your okay. wife? I'm going to include uh, your wife on this. <laughs> she might have a different opinion. <laughs> she's in the other room. I don't think she has a hot thing on this. <laughs> um, well, we really don't do like too much promotional stuff or, or uh, commercial type things. Uh, we keep our quantities pretty low. Um, I don't foresee anybody ordering a thousand Jurassic Park units. So <laughs> that won't you never be know. Yeah. yeah. Unless it's uh, from the movie impressive. studio themselves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where do I see it going? I don't know. It's right now we're pretty limited to the drinkware. Um, I don't. I don't know where if it has much. If we have much to do with or how far we can go with that, I 
would like to eventually get into the automotive industry and partner with somebody who wants to do some really creative um, finishes, you know, in like a motor bay or with wheels or whatever. Um, you've probably, maybe you've seen on our, on our page, the frosting and the drips that I do. That's kind of like my signature thing. I'd love to do some type of, it's called like kawaii, like a kawaii theme. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Okay. But, well, I saw, um, and I can't remember who it was. Who was it? It was some, I think it was uh, one of the, I think it was Tiz Wheels at SEMA. They had, somebody did like a candy or a trans uh, rim, and then they took an etching machine and they etched the barrel <laughs> like this. I know yeah. it, was, it was a bit <laughs> on the gaudy side, but I felt like the, I, at least it was out of the box, right? I mean, it was a lot to look at. And so I'm, I feel like it kind of lost its, like if they put less on there, it would have been more striking, but it was like almost like a tattoo, you know, very, very intricate kind of design. Um, I thought it was different. I, I didn't, it, it didn't seem practical at all, but. You know, I got to do some stencil work on some wheels not too long ago. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that yeah. on your Instagram? Yep. So why were you barfing? Did you just, was it very difficult to do or what? I don't. I, I don't, I don't I, more power to, like, I'm not knocking the hustle, but I just don't think it's, I mean, I see people doing it on like the aluminum Fords and then like clearing over it and stuff. Like, yeah, it's cool, but. The etching. Yeah, the I think. I think there's a difference between etching and engraving and like, I feel like the etching has like people think etching is engraving. And like, if you think of true engraving, it's like on a on like a spindle and they're like carving it out with like a knife. Like that's like, I, I would think if that could be possible, like that would be cool on, on like that application. But I don't, I don't really, you know, think it's that great. Yeah. I hear you. Well, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I see, I see a place for stencil work in the automotive industry, whether it's in wheels or you know valve covers. And I'm not talking about just simple stencil work, but more complicated imagery where the pigment's being stacked to create texture and depth and dimension. I think uh, it just has to be the right project okay thank you ross is gonna go get some diesel and then he'll be back to pick me up <laughs> he's giving me, <laughs> giving me my, my 10 minute warning <laughs> um the red light is flashing he's, he's actually being kind of nice about it too but he knew i was like you, you don't don't give me the one minute warning like i'm out of here and i'm checking out i'm going home but uh, yeah, he knows. But he's so much happier now that we have this guy helping us. So like, he's in a better mood these days. <laughs> That's kind of where, like, I mean, this last summer I did, I processed 350 boxes. They were all stencil work. There's three stencils on, on on the box itself. So I'd base it, flash it, apply the stencil, and then spray it again. Flash it, peel the stencil, and then it was it was like I got real good. I got real good at counting how long I could stick something in the oven and count to like 
so many seconds and then pull it out and not even have to have a timer nothing like yeah and it's definitely it, it's gonna happen like this industry is gonna i feel like it's gonna be you're gonna see it more and more and more you're gonna see a lot of these cup manufacturers they're probably gonna start doing it i would say like you're 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 already starting to see like with laser but with multiple colors like the other day my daughter comes home with a cup and it's faded and i'm like there's only two reasons why these cup companies would have faded a mug. It's because they've either seen Aaron's work or they've seen my work, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. like, or, you know, several other people's work, but it's still, it's like, shit's going to change. And it's, I have seen, it's I another seen five years and we're going to see some insanely, insanely good stencil work coming out. You know, I think it's kind of interesting you say that because, um, I noticed that, a lot of the um, powder companies are using some of the phrases and words that I am using on the podcast and in my own marketing. Yep. Um, it's funny that you're saying that, you know, you're seeing like some interesting changes in the mug market uh, where you're seeing your own influence. And it's kind of funny because it's like when you see it, you're like, oh, you know, I don't even oh, know what I my didn't reaction. Do that. <laughs> yeah, like I don't even know what the appropriate reaction should be. You know, like because I guess I'm such a shy. You know, like I guess I don't appreciate my own power within the marketplace. And I'm not trying to brag, but I'm just saying, like, oh, isn't that interesting? They're using that term or those two words together, or they're using, you know, like. And I'm not saying I'm the inventor of the word or whatever, but um, it's kind of interesting when you start to see your, you know, your own influence in the market. I mean, you can drive around town uh, and, you know, any in your, you know, if you're doing rims, Ashton, I'm sure you drive around town. You're like, oh, I did that one. Oh, I did that. You know, like yeah. that's what sometimes we do when we're in the truck going somewhere. It's like, oh, I did that truck or I did that. You know, it's you know, okay, that's local. But when you're seeing it in the greater market, that that's something else. That's kind of interesting. I think Aaron and me kind of can uh, agree on the point of like, doing work and then seeing your work in other places other than just like, in the US. That's a mm. that's a that's a really big, big thing. Like, the other day I had uh, like one of those boxes was reposted in front of like, the London Bridge. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, that's, that's fucking cool. Cause like, I'll that never be cool. able to go to the London bridge, but a little piece of me is standing right in front of it. That's powerful. That's and there's, there's, powerful. there's thousands of, thou there's thousands of pieces a, all over the I world. Have, I need like a little like clapper or something like, yay. I think that's really cool. But um, then it's like, it's funny though, because you know, me and Aaron are on this point of like, me and him can bring something to the table that I would say 90% of the industry can't. And then you have like, you know, prismatic reposting nonstop chicks powder coating and short shorts and doing mm -hmm. fucking lift kits. Like no, no knock yes. to their hustle at all. The fact that they can do it and they can do it to a point to where they have that following, they have that clout. Like that is fucking awesome for them. It is. But, but like, yeah. let's stop selling sex and let's sell some fucking talent at the end of the day. That's kind of where um, I think kind of where we ended up wanting to do the show was to kind of point this out uh that that's what i've noticed i, I mean you just said it well, it's like it's like pulling tooth and nail for me to try to to get 
the the traction that I'd once had and not like, not that I need it. I don't want it or, or those aspects, but it's like, I want to see people that are doing good work and they're showing the work. They're not showing the person that's doing the work. We don't, mm -hmm. we don't need to know. We don't need to see your face all the time. I, don't I would like to see, see it. Yeah, go ahead. I would like to see it be taken as an art, as a, as an, yeah. as a craft. Right now and it's going into sex slash powder coating. And I, well, it's the influencer like, market is what it is. Yeah, is, is it, it's, I'm all for ladies being, and there's some awesome powder coating girls out there. Some of them are Instagram and some of them aren't. Um, but I, I think the, the problem is, is that it's getting seen on Facebook and then there's this other subculture going on that's kind of kind of creeping into powder coating. That is the girls with the fans only stuff. And yeah, okay, maybe they powder coat. There was some, I don't know if you caught the whole drama with uh, some of the big truck people, but there's a girl called, is it Miranda? And she's got this, she's out of North Carolina. She's got, she's on TikTok and she's on Instagram. And she has a pink and purple truck. And it's like a two, it's crazy. Like it's, it's got the lift kit, but the lift kit actually raises the truck and you know, like it's got. Oh, yeah. Like that, no knock, that. no knock to the, the, to the hustle. Like regardless if you're like popping your pussy and showing your tits, like at the end of the day, I think it's just a point of like, there's people that are talented in this industry that need to be showcased and they need to be, they need well, to be up to here, happened. you know, so she, she nearly, she nearly hit, she hit somebody and the car flipped over it was this big rollover event. She nearly killed these people and her truck obviously didn't sustain much damage because it's like 10 feet up in the air. Right. And she broke a light, her bumpers kind of messed up, but then she had this broken light and she does this TikTok where she says that her her light costs more than your car, you know, like my light costs more than your car. And I have this, you know, like <laughs> oh, this fuck. kind of stuff. It's the stuff that you don't really want to, you know, and here we are like creeping into that whole truck. Yeah. That negative thing. bullshit. And of course it all came back on her. All these guys are like, look, I'm a dude. I don't need to do this, what you're doing, you, you know, to my TikTok. I'm just, you know, like I'm just being me. Right. And it was just like a lot of backlash. I'm sure it's still going on. And on top of it, they wanted to get her license revoked locally because mm -hmm. of what she did and how less how how unremorseful she was uh, about the whole situation, because she's just this kind of spoiled brat. And stuff. social so, media is wild. That's all is. I'll say. Somehow, <laughs> it's all linked to all these truck people. And next thing you know, certain people's accounts are being pulled. Uh, they're getting, they're sharing this viralness of this, with this girl and all these people that are bashing her now. And, and she's like, you know, my little dog costs more than yours, you know, your car, or, you know, like she's just doing the spoiled brat thing and it's mm. just all falling apart. But it's like that. Yeah, exactly. We don't want it to go there. That's disrespectful for, for our industry. It's not helping our industry at all. It's just, bringing to light more of that. So maybe There's, we should call up Prismatic and tell them to stop doing that, you know? Yeah, I think I think they should uh, start focusing more on the art versus the artist. And, you know, powder, 
powder coating is a medium that we use to create art. And whatever your canvas is, whether it's vape boxy, boxes or, or mods or uh, tumblers or wheels or uh, fences or outdoor furniture, you know, that's yeah. just a canvas. And yeah. then the powder coats the medium and that, you know, that's the art when you combine those two. And that's what these companies that are creating the medium should be focused on is the art, not so the artist who's creating it. Cause that's not, that's not what it's about. It's not about the artist. It's about the art of powder coating. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's not like, look at me, look what I can do. It's look at this. Would you just look at this? Look yeah. at this. Yep. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially, you know, with, with powder coating, it's, it's a medium that you have little to no control over how it goes on. You only have control on how it comes off and what you can do with removing <laughs> That is so true, dude. You know what I mean? redos. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody can put powder coat on. Right. Because, you know, what do you do with it once it's on? Right. Right. Yeah, that's, it's 100% that's kinda like, or it's not at all. Like, it's just, you got to redo it. Like, my yeah. main, I would say, like, my my main goal within, like, the next 10 years or sooner or whatever would be, like, being able to consult. Like, yes, like, if people have questions and they need, or they have, like, they have questions or they're, they're trying to troubleshoot shoot a problem, yeah, feel free to message me and ask me. 90% of the time, if I have the time, I will walk you through something or help you troubleshoot throughout several days if I have to. But I would like to get to a point to where I can offer if I needed to, to, to come to your shop or, or if I could put on a course at my shop or, or whatever it may be to teach certain things like the basics of stencil work or the basics of process or the basics of, of gun settings and like yeah. just basic, basic, basic things, but also those basic things feed into these high technical, very hard things to do. If you know your basis is like your bread and butter, then something that, that you can't think of that should that is hard should be easy to do if you follow your basic process. So yeah. it's like, that's like where I'm at. Like I want, I want to be able to get to a point where I can hire somebody to paint for me and teach them and be like, see, if I can teach somebody, they can do it. You can do it. Vice versa. Will you hire me? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? But this then it could gonna... get to the point to where then I can be traveling, flying, going to shops, helping people set up, helping people troubleshoot, like bringing that basis of like getting maybe a, a job shop owner sees that his applicators like having a hell of a time or hates his life or whatever. And you mm -hmm. can call me in and let me work with him for a week to a month, depending on how much you wanted to pay. And then I could make it, you know, not, I can't guarantee that I can teach somebody exactly what I can do, but I can sure as hell give them the basics and like basically like the mental confidence to be able to look at something and dream it up and do it. I think, you know, I think we're going to get there guys because there's enough of us that want that. I mean, I've, I've talked to, I mean, Ross wants to do it. I've talked to Brad from Utah Powderworks. I've talked to, you know, you guys. Uh, there's a handful of other guys that I'm forgetting right now. I, and I think it's going to happen, but it's going to take a little bit of coordinating to get us all together in a room to kind of, okay, what's the format? How are we going to do this um, and stuff, you know? 
uh, and to make it a teachable, easy to easy, easy platform for people to engage on, you know, uh, and stuff. So I think it can happen. We might not be there right yet, but maybe in the future. I keep hoping, you know, I keep making another website. <laughs> I think <laughs> more websites, maybe something will happen. I think it's just nonstop, you know, like putting it out into the ether, putting it in places that people are listening to and constantly repeating it and just like, you know, you put it out there, it's going to come back. Just like negative energy. You put negative energy out there, it's going to come back. Right. Yeah. So it's just a, you know, it's not necessarily a matter of time. It's just more so of like, I would say like we're in the end. I would say we're like towards the tipping point of the end of the boom of like everybody wanting to be a powder cutter. You know, like there's going to be waves of that. And there's always going to be waves of that. Like in the last two months, there's like two powder coating shops that's just all of a sudden popped up in my area. Right. Are you ready to go? Yeah. Okay. We are ending on that note and I'm going to continue that conversation with you because I said that to a GEMA guy at SEMA. Well, just go like if you're in like there's a 40,000 member powder coating group. It's called the powder coating group on Facebook. And the amount of people that I see selling or either jumping into like the, I would say the point of people selling and giving up because it's hard is higher right now because of, I don't know, a lot of things, but that's, you know, that's where There's I'll end also that. The engagement <laughs> on the groups too, you know, um, the engagement isn't there like it used to be either. And I don't know if it's just because it's Facebook or people aren't. No, it's because it's COVID's over and everybody's back to work. Nobody's got time yeah. to just sit on their ass anymore. It could be, it could be. Um, uh, I don't know why I said that. Cause I had like, seriously, like we went to, I mean, it was after the show and we, they, I went out to dinner, um, large powder coating gun manufacturer, um, took me out to dinner, which was really super nice of them. They didn't, I didn't even meet them till just then. And, um, we, you know, one guy stayed back and we went gambling and took us an hour to lose, lose 60 bucks. So I felt pretty good about myself and we were just throwing back a beer and I just, it came out of me. I said that, I said, if, if they're not starting a powder coating company right now, they're going to, it's, it's kind of like the time is over, right. You know, yep. uh, to start it. Uh, I think it's going to kind of fade away for a while and that's maybe that's a good and I think that you're going to start to see other companies grow and then others that haven't really done very well just kind of fade away so it's like it's going to kind of kind of do a split thing and I think that's something that is kind of just a trend that's um, coming down the pipe I don't know definitely definitely I trends put my finger on it just yet but I feel it I feel it I would say it's more so trends like yeah and I, I would say a lot of like that everybody's going to be a powder coater trend came from the big boom of uh, everybody's how to powder coat page on YouTube. Yeah. And now they're gone. So those guys don't have nothing to live for anymore. <laughs> yeah. Aaron, any last words before we go? I, I feel like I'm one of those powder coaters that just started. So <laughs> be kind, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference between people that uh, just started and have no talent and people that yeah. do think that you got nothing to worry about there <laughs> but it was awesome i'm so glad that you hopped on and and came on tonight's show and i hope to do more of these thank you for 
holding my hand, Ashton, and saying, we're going to do this on a Friday and and stuff, because I, I haven't been live for a while. And, and I do want to do like every other week, I want to do a live and just either just have a, a, a jamboree of coders just come up and rap and or just have a form more formal like where we're asking questions or a panel discussion kind of thing i think it's just i think it would be fun and um and uh, who knows where it can go heck yeah i agree awesome, awesome. I, I'd, I'd be honored to be a part of it yeah awesome okay all right well we'll talk later thanks so much and thank you all for joining us tonight um i guess if you want to follow the podcast it's uh the Powder Coder podcast, follow Ashton from at Palmer's Powders and follow Aaron at Dry Powder Art. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you for having us. All right. Bye.